Welcome to Consume for Good. I'm Billy. And I'm Emily. And we're your everyday couple working our way through a plant-based keto lifestyle. Join us each week as we approach our take on this diet. For those of you that are just joining or thinking about going down this path, please consult an expert before making drastic changes to your diet to make sure that it's the right path for you. With that said, let's get started. Yeah. This week, I thought it'd be good to talk about sort of the all or nothing attitude sometimes it comes with any diet. I don't think it's specific to just ours, um, but I thought it'd be good to talk about. So the idea would be that you have to be 100% all the time, perfectly on point to be able to call yourself or even maybe award yourself a vegan, right? The idea is that there's lots of people out there that if you have one item that's not vegan or one item that's not plant-based, then you don't deserve to use that or can't use that title. Yeah, I think the the idea of all or nothing is is kind of this, you know, stereotype that may have stemmed out of old world thinking of, of vegan and a person that titles themselves as vegan is. I think for us, what's important is, is, you know, we're big proponents of one, finding a diet that's sustainable for us mm-hmm. and sustainable for the environment. So when it comes to removing animal products from our diet, that is very easy. But I think animal products sometimes in our day-to-day life, a good example would be uh, the shoes that we wear. We wear all birds. Some of their shoes are made with uh, wool and within the definition of vegan vegan lifestyle that's not necessarily a fit so i think it's kind of this idea of what is uh, enough to say that you are and if you can't say 100 percent, but you're doing it i think sometimes you know people feel bad that they're not 100 percent and that they're not contributing when realistically you know just changing one meal a week from an animal-based protein to a plant-based protein is a huge in it's, yeah. it's a huge thing to do so i think that it's that like idea of you know, just because you maybe not aren't 100% doesn't mean that you are doing and going down the right path. And sometimes 100% is, is hard for people to obtain and that's okay. Definitely. And I think 100% is easy to obtain if you're very dedicated and you have full control over your diet and budget isn't an issue. But I think a lot of us live in situations where time, money, whatever situation you might be in might make that difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, we are both on the same page and it's just us and our place. So it's easy to, you know, no animal products food-wise are coming in, like you said. It's just us. We know that we only buy vegan products. But you, if you lived in a shared house or even lived with other people um, that maybe they do the shopping, it's hard to really enforce that. So I do agree. I think if you're serving just one meal out a week, you're definitely supporting the environment and lessening that impact. I don't know that one less, one meal less of meat a week would constitute calling yourself vegan. I do agree with that. But I think like you said, if you're over 50% most of the time doing it, it's okay if you're not perfect. I think quite often, and we've talked about this a lot, I feel like a lot of online platforms, people feel very emboldened to tell other people what they are or are not. Mm-hmm. And really that's not our approach to it. Ours is very much if you want to call yourself that because you're making strides to be a vegan and strides to do this as much as possible, then why not? You are making that conscientious choice. You are doing the best that you can. So why not call yourself that? For us, a good example would be all the recipes that we do and we post on Instagram are all vegan. So I will tag them vegan and vegan lifestyle because if you are looking for another form of vegan eating or a vegan recipe, then it's uh, the tagging is a way to find it. Mm-hmm. I do see a lot of things where it's tagged vegan and it's 
that is definitely <laughs> not. You know, yeah. some of the newer burgers and meat substitutes are very, very convincing, but there are a few where you're <laughs> like, there is no way that is. So everybody has their idea of what tagging makes sense. But yeah. for us, the way that we tag our stuff is if it does fall within those guidelines, we will tag it as such. So I think that's an important uh, dis- difference when we mm-hmm. look at it. But from a standpoint of 100%, we're not there yet. Our goal is possibly to get there. But realistically, yeah. when we look at this diet, we look at it from an environmental impact standpoint, uh, from like a health standpoint. Yeah. And I think that's where the sort of phrase plant-based, and if you've been listening, that's the phrase we tend to favor more. We talk about vegan and we use that in a lot of other a lot of products are vegan, so we do use it, but for how we identify ourselves, you know, plant-based. Like you said, all of our meals are vegan. We don't eat meat products at all, but I think it's just an easier way to call yourself plant-based because if you do ever slip up, or like you said, with shoes, you know, the old words use the wool, so it's, some people would call that not vegan. It's just an easier way to still promote that style of eating in that diet, but it doesn't attract that quite really stringent rules and people willing to say that you don't meet their criteria of vegan. And when you really, we've looked at this before, you know, the vegan society and things like that, a lot of those bigger organizations that have been around, most of them since about the 70s, their diet, their definition, sorry, doesn't say an all or nothing definition. Their Mm -hmm. definition is as much as possible or strives towards you know a lot of those societies really emphasize the effort and the sort of conscientious thought about it but none of them include an all or nothing zero products come through your front door sort of definition and i think if the vegan society can leave some leeway in their definition Mm -hmm. then so can you in your own yeah agreed and what's important about about that is is like the biggest step is having that conscious decision of realizing that you are eating an animal and that there is some level in the chain that was probably not treated very well. And that, mm-hmm. that is, you know, priority when it comes to that and, and acknowledging that it's within this chain, it's a flawed system and, mm-hmm. you know, you want to be better because obviously the more people that are looking for plant-based or vegan substitutes, the bigger the market, the more likely mm-hmm. companies are going to invent or push products or sell products that meet that demand. So as you scale back and you start switching to, you know, maybe more tofu or, or other substitutes, you know, grocery stores are very adapt to seeing those small changes. So as you make those changes, it doesn't seem like it's a big impact, but you are sending a subtle message to the people that are tracking these things to say that like, I want more and then I'll start adding more. I think the same thought goes with your health is, you know, if you have six meals a week that are vegan and you have one meal in that week that's not that has meat products in it sorry you know it doesn't detract from the health benefits of those six vegan meals we talked a couple weeks ago about kind of heart disease and that sort of thing and how a, a vegan diet is definitely healthier for your heart so i think if you're eating mostly vegan that those health benefits are still there the one meal doesn't sort of catch you up on mm-hmm. all the uh, meat products and the, the harm that some of those eating causes so I think it's a lot of those, you can only do six a week and you need that seventh. It doesn't take away from the good either from, like you said, the environmental impact, the animal cruelty impact, all the health, all of that positive still is there. Mm-hmm. It's just one other meal that you, you know, can eventually, maybe if you're comfortable, remove from your rotation. So in conclusion, for us, you can call yourself a vegan if you eat mostly vegan food. We don't have an all or nothing stance. The vegan societies don't. So I think you're quite comfortable 
plant-based is a great way to sort of bridge the gap. Mm -hmm. I mean, it does seem to attract less critique from people. Um, but we really, you're the only one who can decide what label or how to define your diet. And hopefully it's one that works for you and, and makes you feel good about it. Yeah. And, and the biggest thing is, is at the end of the day, are you eating something? Are you eating nutritionally? Are you happy? Mm -hmm. And, you know, is it, you know, are you seeing results that you want to see, whether it's weight gain or weight loss, depending, yeah. you know, so I think that it's important to kind of weigh everything together. And we've talked about mental health and as, uh, on the same side as, as physical health. And, yeah. you know, it's important to balance these things. So like you said, it's important to find what fits within how your lifestyle is. And, you know, that could be something uh, defined as something now and in a month or two months or next year it can be defined as something else and it's okay that it's fluid and that's i think the most important thing is is yeah. a lot of these things we do whether it be keto or vegan or plant-based it's a very fluid idea right so using that idea and adapting it to your lifestyle is the mo most important thing that you can do so this week on is it worth it uh we're actually gonna go back to kind of a retro product uh, I'm sure some are familiar with, but uh, Boca Burgers or Boca as a product. Um, it's an interesting thing because uh, a week ago, we ended up getting some in one of the orders that we tried from the grocery store when we did our weekly grocery shop. Mm -hmm. And it was something that for us, it's kind of a synonymous with like late 90s early 2000 like this was the only option right. as a as someone who didn't want to eat meat and you know at the time i i did but you know there are always people that someone was like oh we put a boca burger on the just in case type right. of right and because they always came from the freezer like the depths of it or always had freezer burn it wasn't the best thing <laughs> it always was like the old one someone pulled out for the one vegetarian yeah or you microwave them and the whole house right. just smelled <laughs> terrible for the rest of the day so it's kind of funny that you know that was kind of the definition that some of us growing up had as what a vegan was or, yeah, or a plant or what a vegetarian ate. So it was interesting to kind of circle back to 2020 and what have they done? And actually what was interesting, we actually really enjoyed the flavor and we enjoyed it a little bit more than our typical go-to, which is the morning star crumbles. So uh, for one of the staples that our go-to is, is usually diced up zucchini, diced up mushrooms, a little bit of crumbles, and maybe some form of low carb sauce to dish. And so that crumble piece, we were using the Morningstar crumbles before, which is good. They're low carb, mm -hmm. and uh, but they had kind of a little funky taste to them. Yeah, a bit of an odd texture when you fry them and cook them. And we had tried quite a few different ways to work on that Morningstar texture. Mm -hmm. And we just couldn't quite crack it. It's not bad at all. It just, I think it's a sort of meal that if you gave it to someone and didn't tell them it was vegetarian or a meat substitute, they probably would notice. Yeah. Like it was, it stood out a little bit. Mm -hmm. So giving the the book, you know, in giving the Boca Burger or the Boca Crumbles a, a chance, mm -hmm. I will say they are a little bit carbier. Mm -hmm. So I think it's one more carb per serving than what we, the alternative, which was the Morningstar Crumbles. Mm -hmm. So there is that from a keto standpoint, yeah. but I think from a taste standpoint, they incorporate a lot easier into the whole dishes that we that we make and i think that that for us is is really important is not necessarily we know that we're not going to find that perfect one for one taste when it comes to mm -hmm. some kind of meat substitute 
But that doesn't mean that it has to taste bad, right? Yeah. And I think this is much closer. If you are looking for a meat substitute that tastes closer to meat, I think the Baka Burger or the Baka Crumbles mm-hmm. um, does get you closer to that. It has a much more meatier taste and texture. It doesn't stick out as much in the food of like, oh, here's obviously the vegan meat substitute. It sort of just blends in naturally with the veggies, with the sauce. It is, I think you could trick someone a lot easier. Not that I suggest you should trick anyone, but it would be a lot easier to pass it off as regular meat in a sauce. Without people really raising. Yeah, yeah. I definitely I definitely agree with that. So I think from our standpoint, we're excited that we stumbled across it 20 years later, <laughs> right? And I definitely think that if you get an opportunity to, to, to add it to your cart or when you're doing your weekly shopping, uh, I would highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely would recommend it. We had we just kind of did our weekly shop for this week, and we're going to try a few other products mm-hmm. that they do just to have a look. Again, some of them are a bit cubbier, but it's nice to be able to come back to something. The great thing about Baka Burgers is most supermarkets, even Target's, places like that, sell them because it is such an established vegetarian vegan brand. So it is mm-hmm. easily accessible. So if it's something you want to try out and just get one, it's easy for you to pop into lots of stores and grab one. So I definitely, I'm excited to try a few of the things that I haven't had since I was, you know, first time vegetarian at like 14. So <laughs> it'd be nice to revisit some and I definitely think it's worth it. So we can move on to wind fails and adjustments. Yeah. We talked last week about not tracking. That was kind of our adjustment. And I think for this week that kind of counts as a win. Mm-hmm. It's been really nice not to track. Um, we're pretty open about about everything going on. Obviously, we're in the midst of a global pandemic still, and we've been very open about prioritizing mental health and realizing that it's okay to take a step back. And for us, over the last week, it looked like not tracking. And that's been really nice, just not to be too concerned. We're still definitely sticking to a low-ish carb diet. It's probably not as low because we're not mm-hmm. as focused, but it's been really nice to ease up a bit. Um, have a few things that we might have missed recently and just just relax a bit. That's been really nice and prioritizing that how we feel. Yeah, I think with the the relaxed carbs and just kind of recentering ourselves has mm-hmm. been has been good. And I would count it as a win in the sense that we say it every week. There's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And realistically, you know, it is very easy, even on a keto, regular keto diet, you get so caught up in, in the numbers that you burn yourself out. It's yeah. any any form of, you know, if you're running or doing some kind of exercise, it is if you push yourself too hard in your body and you're not listening to your body, it is easy to go too far. And then all of a sudden it's hard to reel back and get back on that train because you've just completely derailed. I think for us, taking a little bit of a step back is not only been good, but we understand that we're not going to see progress on, let's say, the scales that we normally would see. And I think that kind of rolls into if we consider it a fail, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, but I would say we haven't had any fails unless you're considering weight loss as your main goal. And for Mm -hmm. us, We haven't been moving on the scales because obviously we have kind of moved more to a maintain of where we're at right now. We're we're happy. We know that there is improvement that we can do as later down the road. But for right now, where we're at mentally, we want to make sure that we are addressing and keeping ourselves sane in this really just weird time. I mean, for (laughs) most... Most people listening, we've been stuck inside or, you know, locked down for six months now. So I think it's, you know, we've kind of moved past this idea of, 
this is something that will eventually go away to this is a very normal part of our lives. So now that it's become more normal, we need to kind of adjust accordingly. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think in a normal situation, like I said, normal, (laughs) you know, we'd be going to work, we'd be able to do a lot of other things for self-care and the diet would sort of not be such a focal point of what our thought is, but that's not the reality that we have the choice of living in right now. So for us, it's been, like you said, not really a fail. We're not upset that we're not moving on the scales because we have just shift to a maintain and really prioritizing our mental health. Yeah, and the other thing that is really, I think, important on this kind of mental health aspect is, is in the next couple of months, we're going to start moving into an interesting time of the year. Not only interesting in the fact that, you know, we might still be indoors, but also a lot of people might not be traveling. So how do you approach this idea of coming into a season where eating more and eating a big portions and things like that becomes kind of a normal thing within managing it in this diet. And I think what's important for us is, is I would rather maintain weight and go in mentally prepared to get into the holidays because I don't want to hit that thing where I just want to eat everything. And I, I'm guilty of it. I, yeah, I'm sure other people are, but we don't want to overdo it on those traditional days that people mm-hmm. think that it's allow themselves to go a bit overboard. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, we're looking for more of an easing into it so that we can enjoy those holidays. You know, sometimes holidays aren't as important because there's so much else going on. But I think this year um, it'll be hard to stay indoors, not see our family and stick to a real strict diet. So I agree. I think easing into it and giving ourselves that grace will be help us get through these holidays mm-hmm. and not make them seem so so lonely. Yeah, lonely and, and distant. Just weird. Right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, and I think we have, in the coming months, we'll have a few episodes dedicated to you know, keto, plant-based, and the holidays because there's a lot of different things <laughs> and moving parts within that. And we're excited because we've talked about it before because this will be our second kind of holiday season when it mm-hmm. comes to keto. Obviously, yeah. we have shifted to plant-based keto. So I think that that comes with its own challenges and, and interesting parts. So we'll, that'll be kind of a fun deep dive later yeah. down the road. With that said, I think that we didn't really have any adjustments. So that's yeah. really the the episode. Uh, thank you so much for joining. If you want to see any of the recipes that we post on Instagram or online, uh, you can find us at consumeforgood.com or at consumeforgood on Instagram. Uh, We like to post the pictures of the the things we're eating. And we also like to post uh, pictures of the products that we generally talk about if we get a chance to take pictures of them. So check those out. And uh, it just kind of gives you a good reference point if if you're looking for some kind of starting point. So yeah, next week uh, we have another great episode. Uh, We're excited to bring you and uh, we look forward to seeing you then. Yeah, see you then.